On today's episode, you're going to hear about Streetwise Opera and how they are creating lasting change through music. I'm your host, Sylvia Morn, and you're listening to the Music Secrets Exposed podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast. His name is Ray Trombetta, and he's always sharing the amazingness of the company he's working for called Streetwise Opera. And it's all about helping homeless people and amalgamating it with opera and other forms of music. Over the last 10 years, he has developed a career in communications and marketing for organizations that use music to inspire and empower people. And most recently, making music and Systema England. Previously, he worked as a journalist covering conflicts and human rights in Afghanistan, Israel and Palestine. Lebanon, China, Cuba, Colombia, and Venezuela. He's seen a lot. Born in Venezuela, Ray grew up in sunny Florida in the United States, and he has an MA in photojournalism and loves doing stage photography. And he also plays orchestral and Latin percussion. He recently said in his most recent blog on the Streetwise Opera website, he said, We believe that all people have a deep need and fundamental ability to create and be creative. In the words of German artist Joseph Beuys, everyone is an artist, and this is especially important for anyone who has faced homelessness and may be struggling to rebuild their confidence and to remember that they have something beautiful to give to the world. Ray, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you very much, Sylvia. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. Just before we began recording this interview, I discovered how that you help particularly people who have experienced homelessness. And that's something that has been very close to my own story. I didn't quite get there reaching the street, but I heard, you know, I had people in my surroundings that did. And I understand that in these days where there's such COVID fallout, there's high standard of living to be achieved or there's a high cost of living that unfortunately many people hit the streets and it's a difficult recovery process to get themselves prepared to move away from the street and understand that they have the capacity to do that. So Ray, can you just introduce firstly what Streetwise Opera is and explain how you have had the opportunity to impact people's lives through it? Yes, Uh, Streetwise Opera is a bit of a mix between a homeless charity and an opera company. So we basically use singing and creativity to uh, engage with people with experience of homelessness uh, as they find inspiration and empowerment and, 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 and they start rebuilding their lives. Now, we were completely aware that homelessness is a very traumatizing experience. It is something that has many effects and it is something that does not have one solution. So obviously uh, someone who experiences homelessness, they need a home, they might need a job, they might need financial support, they might need uh, other forms of intervention. 
But one thing that we do find that is very important is that someone who experiences homelessness, and, and I say this based on my experience with Streetwise, but also of my own experience of homelessness, uh, it's very easy for them to lose their self-esteem and have very low, develop very low expectations of what they can achieve in life. So one of the things that we do is we remind them that they're not defined by their homelessness. And we, we show them that they are able to create something beautiful that they can share with the world, something that will make people pause and say, oh, someone who's been homeless has done this and it's beautiful and I engaged with it. Uh, so we're trying to, and I'm not suggesting in any way that, that people who have been homeless have something that needs to be changed, but we are trying to make them feel inspired, feel empowered. And we are trying also to change perceptions of homelessness outside. We want people who would normally walk around the streets and see someone who's homeless and they don't want to look them in the eye and they just want to look the other way. We want them to go to a theater, see a performance where someone who's homeless or has been homeless recently is singing along with a world-class opera artist and say, well, maybe I've completely misunderstood what homeless people are capable of. And maybe I'm realizing that this person who I thought would be so different from me, is actually not that different. That's amazing. You mentioned there about the perceptions that very often homeless people suffer from from others. Now, more recently in my own city, I was driving through the city and I saw this poor man, my heart broke from him. He was just thrown down, literally thrown down. There's no other way to describe it. Wrecked from whatever was going on in his life, sitting on the side of a pavement, a fairly quiet pavement in a, in a quiet part of the city and people walking by and not shuddering to even turn their face to look at the poor guy. I wouldn't even bend down to say, are you OK? Now, in my thinking, that's wrong. I was driving a car. I couldn't stop. I was piled up in traffic. But what I'm saying is, what are the perceptions generally that homeless people tend to receive from others? I mean, here in the UK, there's a lot of research that's been done by the homelessness charity crisis about perceptions around homelessness. And, and there's different things that they mention. One of them being that uh, they believe that most of the time it is the fault of the person who is homeless. There is something wrong with them and that's why they are homeless. Uh, they, they, they believe that there is something very different between that person and themselves. They, they, they feel that there's a gap there and I would never be homeless because I am not like that person. So it's that process that, 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 that we call otherizing people who are uh, homeless. And, and then there, there's a lot of misconceptions about some people think that most of them are older or they're younger or they're male or they're female or they're uh, local or they're foreigners or they have education, they don't have education, they, they have uh, substance abuse problems or they don't. And what, what I've found working with people affected by homelessness is that there really isn't a pattern. You can find anyone from any group that could eventually become homeless. So uh, those are the kind of perceptions that, that we're trying to fight through, uh, of all things, opera. 
Yeah, you, we were talking before recording the interview of this guy in Seattle, and he runs a YouTube channel called, if I'm correct, Invisible People. Yes, Mark Horvath. And I've looked at a number of his videos, and what's very clear to me, particularly in American society, and I think it's coming over to us now more so, is that because of the high cost of living in certain places, you have a fallout of people going down into the realm of homelessness because they're maybe two or three payments away from uh, not being able to pay their rent because they might lose a very good paying job. And they're on their way to maybe getting rid of debt or getting rid of student loans and this kind of thing. And suddenly the job goes because there's some change where they're working. And before you know, they've no options. And I think on his channel, if any of you guys out there listening to this podcast want to check it out, type into invisible people into YouTube, you'll see that there's lawyers, there's people with um, a master degree in mathematics, uh, there's philosophers, there are people who've studied physics and they are living on the streets. That is shocking. It shouldn't be allowed. It, it, it just shouldn't happen. End of story. It's a different situation when you see somebody maybe going through substance abuse because they've come from a very difficult situation themselves. That's a completely set of different circumstances. They need a lot of help to get through that. But there's there's real people there. I mean, I've heard stories in American California, Silicon Valley. People buying RVs to live in them because they can't afford the cost of housing there. So... In your work in the UK, what kind of success stories have you seen as a result of being able to perform, we'll say, the marriage of Figaro by Mozart? And they look back on that as a, as, a, as a key point in their life or turning in their life. What kind of success stories have you seen? We've seen a lot. We've seen from the person who had completely broken off relationships with their family and eventually finding finding the courage to invite them to a performance and after the performance you see them get back together and start to rebuild that relationship to the person who decides to uh, start volunteering the, the person that starts to that actually finds a job and 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 moves uh, from from a homeless shelter to uh, another kind of home where they have a bit more responsibility and, and, and where they can start to rebuild the, or, 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 or advance through their path of recovery from homelessness. I, I mean, it can be big things. It can be small things. I, I, I remember uh, recently I, I attended a, a workshop in, in Manchester and there was this person who just come off from the streets and he, he didn't want to sing. He just needed a warm place to stay while uh, what, what, uh, after lunch, because very often in homeless centers, uh, after people eat, if they don't take part in one of the activities, they had to go back to the street and he didn't want to do that. And he just sat there just watching and he didn't really want to take part. And the next week he actually came back. And then the week after that, he decided to stand with the group and sing a little, or at least move his mouth. Like if he was mouthing the words, but he wasn't really singing. Then he got a bit more confident and he started singing. And then eventually he's doing a solo and then he's doing a performance. So, I mean, I what I find is that the terrible and life-shattering effect of homelessness is so complex that there is so much that needs to be rebuilt. 
and so much that needs to be done and achieved that it's those little things. They just start adding up, adding up, adding up. And suddenly you realize that this person who was in that situation two years ago is now much more confident and they're going for a job interview. And was it because of the singing? Was it because of the social uh, uh, um, um, impact and, and the social interaction that they had during the workshops? I mean, it's, it's an addition of very, very small things. But I think at the center of, of all that is this perception that we help them uh, create for themselves that, yes, I'm someone who's been homeless, but that's not all I am. I am someone who can achieve other things. So really what you're doing is through music, you're giving him a sense of self-worth. And that's kind Absolutely. of the lead to get him moving forward. That, and, that, that's a very, very good way of describing it. Yes. And then when it comes to this idea of community, um, I think it's been often said by many that um, as human beings, we need each other. No man is an island. And it seems to me that this is a great opportunity for community building. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen it in different ways. Uh, one of the things about homelessness is, yes, that it very often happens when your family and friend connections start to break up. And suddenly, yes, you were struggling with finding a job. You, were, you might have been struggling with some other circumstances, but it is the breakup of a relationship, be it with a partner or with your parents or with a friend that you were staying with that might very easily push someone towards homelessness. And again, I'm trying to not generalize because I, I just said that it's, 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 it doesn't really help much. But, but we do see that. And, 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 and we do see that it's, it's, it's very helpful for them to suddenly find a community where they're not judged. At the beginning of all our sessions, we go through the streetwise values, and one of them is leave your troubles at the door. If when we're finished, you want to take them back with you, do it, but you might take the opportunity to just leave them there and move on. So we're not asking anyone where they're coming from, what they've done, what their experience of homelessness is. We're just getting together to sing. So they're at a place where they're not feeling judged. They're at a place where everything that we do is 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 fine, is beautiful. Obviously, we're, artistic and, uh, excellence is very important for us because we honestly believe that only once the person has wowed themselves by discovering, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did this, that that's when that self-confidence starts to rebuild. But during the sessions, we're really not very critical and you can sing off key, you can sing off tempo, and no, nobody's going to criticize you. You just, you're going to feel welcome. And that creates an incredible sense of family, of belonging. And we see people who were very, who were having a lot of trouble establishing friendships and relationships suddenly opening up and coming and, 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 and speaking for the first time in, in front of a group of people. So, so, so that's what was happening before the pandemic. During the pandemic, one of the things that we did is that the same week where the prime ministers asked everyone to stay at home, we started working online. We knew that we couldn't do online singing because that's just very difficult. But we started doing a lot of creative activities to remind them that even if you can't get together to sing, you can get together online. 
to uh, create beautiful stuff. And we created a little opera and then we created another song. And then we set up this gallery for all where people can publish their photos and, 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 and their drawings. So the thing that happened is that suddenly these individual groups that we had in five regions in London and Manchester, Nottingham, Newcastle and Middlesbrough, they started coming together and people who had never met became friends. And we suddenly found that despite all the terrible things of the pandemic and the lockdown, a beautiful thing that happened is that suddenly we have people in Manchester becoming friends with someone in Newcastle. So that, that, that's another angle of how uh, this has led to better social networks and, and, and helping people become a bit more confident. It's, it's what I'm sensing is that it's like if you get caught in a local environment and you don't you don't have, I suppose, to be straight out about it, you don't have the finances to get beyond that environment very much. And you're very much in that locality. It might be 12 miles wide or 20 miles wide. OK, and you experience a lot of judgment or criticism because you're a little bit different. And that can really um, affect a person's confidence very much. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own situation where I am at, that you see people who haven't had the opportunity to travel and expand their horizons, that suddenly if they're judged or criticized because they're that bit different, it brings them down and into what I would describe as a low vibration. And that can bring in all these other issues then. And before you know it, you're down, very down. So what really is amazing through what you're doing is you are bringing them into a non-judge i want to make a big point to this a non-judgmental environment where there's no criticism and then what happens a beautiful flower starts opening in musical terms now we'll just say you're in that environment there and you see somebody off to the side who's very quiet and not engaging how do you handle that situation are there people present there that are looking out for people like that yeah, I, I, I mean, in every single of our sessions, we have trained uh, workshop leaders and we have support workers that are very good at identifying it, that not everyone learns the same way, not everyone performs the same way, and not everyone will just interact with the group in the same way. So uh, we find it very, for example, when we were working online, which was brilliant because we, we, we got people to donate tablets with data so that people who would normally not be able to engage, they were able to take part. One of the things that we found is that a lot of people didn't want to turn on their cameras because they, they weren't happy with what, what would be shown in that camera, either because of personal self-esteem issues or where they were staying. Uh, then a lot of people didn't want to speak out loud. A lot of people just wanted to privately message the support worker and say, hey, I feel this, I feel that. Uh, um, we actually had people that didn't even want to join on Zoom, but were happy to make a phone call to the support worker so they could listen to the session and the support worker would just play the session out loud uh, on a speaker. So we have to understand that we're, we're, when we're working with people, I don't want to describe them as vulnerable because I believe that every single human being can be vulnerable. But when we are working with people that have certain needs and 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 they need a bit more of support. 
that support, it has to be as customized or personalized as possible. Because if not, you, you're just creating barriers for participation and, and you're just benefiting the people who are ex, more extroverts. You're benefiting the people that might have a bit more of experience. So the amount of hours during the pandemic that I spent uh, teaching people how to go on Zoom, how, how to record themselves on their phone and submit their recordings, it was a lot of hard work. But for us, it was really important because we... Before the pandemic, one one of the things that we had is everyone is welcome. You don't know you don't need to know how to sing. That's precisely the point. And and uh, we we just were absolutely committed to making sure that people can take part and, and the barriers are as reduced as possible. I think Brené Brown puts it very well about the discussion: uh, vulnerability and courage. You have to be courageous to be vulnerable. But to be courageous, you need to be vulnerable. And to be authentic. And what I have seen in musical circles is that if you've got somebody who's extremely of a sensitive nature, they need to be taught how to uh, protect it, but also how to expose it. Because it's part of being an artist, you're exposing your soul because you're expressing music. It's an expression of emotion. And therefore, when I get very frustrated with people who judge and criticize because I, I think they don't know the damage that they cause inadvertently they, they just are unaware and I think more needs to be spoken about in musical circles in particular um, not to judge not to criticize only to assist and help and support and that's everybody from somebody who's experienced living outside of a bricks and mortar situation to a young student who's learning an instrument that really is scared of getting on a concert stage to play their first little piece of music that they've worked so hard on. You know, you, you know I've seen where the confident one has overtaken the beautiful child in the corner and that she's not looked at because we've got these group of confident musicians on the stage. And to me, that's sad. And I've spoken about this before in the podcast that everybody in musical terms needs to be included, no matter how gifted in inverted commas or talented they are to somebody who may be not so rhythmically exact or maybe pitch exact. So that's my two cents. Um, if I were to ask you about your favorite genre of music, since you're in this business of helping a musical charity, what would be your favorite genre? Oh, wow. That, 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 that's a very difficult question. I, I think I have one, a different one every week. Right <laughs> You're now, like I'm, me, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, right now I'm, I'm massively obsessed with jazz from New Orleans. Uh, sure. that, 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 that's just something that I find fascinating. I, I Growing up in Florida, uh, we went to New Orleans several times and I, I just loved it. And I just think it's, it's especially the street music uh things like there's a band called tuba skinny which i absolutely adore and they just show up at a place and they start playing and it's just so playful and it's got so much energy but obviously being venezuelan i think salsa is also uh a very important uh, uh um a very important genre for me i i've i've worked in cuba several times and everything from from that that tradition especially the fact that it's music that was a bit of a mix between the European tradition and the indigenous tradition, 
and and then the, 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 all the culture that that was brought from Africa by 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 the slaves, the way that in Latin America it just got it mixed and it just created created something much more powerful. I think it's something that I, I just find fascinating. But the, all the genres you've mentioned, to my understanding, you can't have music without dance in those genres. The two go together, music and dance. And I wonder in your work in the charity, have you found that dance can break through somebody's issue with expression? I'll just back up a little here. Sometimes when I'm working with students or in the past, I've been working with students and they have a problem that they can't express themselves, but then they trigger their body in a very unique or different way through dance that suddenly they got it. Have you yeah. seen that? I mean, I, I think it's really interesting that you're asking about that because we had a very, very good experience with dance recently. Um, during the pandemic, we, again, we knew that we couldn't do a lot of singing via Zoom because that's just not going to work. So we decided, okay, what are we going to do? And one of the things that we, 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 we thought of is, why don't we do something that's to do with dancing too? So we approached uh, a, a dance company, uh, Shobana Yesheng, which is a, an incredible dance company here in, in the UK. And we said, we want to do something with dance. Uh, with you guys and our participants. Now, when we told our participants that we were going to do this, there was a bit of fear. There was a bit of uh, concern because they're not dancers. And a lot of them, uh, let's just say that to be a professional dancer, you need to have a certain physical condition. And our, our, our guys were nowhere near that, and they, they were concerned about it. Now, this company, Shabana, they, they, they have a lot of experience working with people who are not dancers and making them feel that, 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 that they can achieve something beautiful. And, and we did it. We, we, we rephrased it. We said, okay, it's not really dance, it's movement, and movement is a part of opera. And at the end, we produced this film it's called In This Place. It's, it's on our website and it explores movement. It explores how you can use movement to make better and more powerful and more inspiring opera. So after doing that online, now we recently, uh, in, in, um, at the beginning of, of August, we went back to workshops in person. And we said, you know what, now we're going to do this in, in person with the different groups. And right now we're working in London, Manchester and, and, and Nottingham. And we actually brought uh, dance artists, movement artists, choreographers, and we started working with them. And they just love it because they know that they can do it, and which to me is a big theme in, in everything that we do. You know, it's like when you're a musician and you're learning a piece. I started learning cello uh, 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 in, in my 40s. And as a percussionist, it was very challenging because, I mean, even the most complex uh, percussion instrument that I played, which is timpani, you do have a sweet spot that it's, I'm going to say, probably six, seven inches. Whilst with cello, you, you misplace your finger for one millimeter and the sound yeah. is completely off. Yeah. And one of the things that I found learning cello is that I would get this piece and I would say, there's no way I can play this. And two or three months later, I was actually playing it. And every musician knows this is something that, 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 that we go through every single time. And it's been the same thing for performers. They feel that I'm not going to be able to do that. Then suddenly, oh, wow, 
it seems like I'm doing it. Yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I've done it. And now they, they, they're free to know that, well, next time that I think that I might not be able to do that, now I know that I work a bit harder on it and I, I, I will be able to do it. So really you're breaking inner thresholds of limitation. Each time Absolutely. you, you, yeah, each time that you, you know, attack something that's like, oh, wow, uh, can I do it? And you just break it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Now, just another thing. If people want to get in contact with you, how can they contact you if they want to support your charity? Where do they go? Uh, they can just do an online search for Streetwise Opera. Our, our website is streetwiseopera.org. They can follow us on social media, everything from Facebook and Instagram to YouTube and, and Twitter. Uh, we're very active because we love sharing the work that we do. And uh, th they can definitely visit our website. W one of the things that they will find is that we, we believe in showing Streetwise participants or performers at their best Yes, we are also a homelessness charity, but they're not going to find pictures of people on the street, pictures of people uh, going through challenges. They're going to find people empowered and smiling and happy on the stage. Big pictures of people smiling and just showing how beautiful they can be and how beautiful they can make the world through, through their work. Because for us, that's a really important thing. We, we believe that that very often society wants to ignore, they want, they, they, they want to look away and not look into the eyes of people who are homeless. So if you go to a streetwise uh, opera performance, or you see us on social media, or you go on our website, that's you're going to find yourselves looking into the eyes of people who've been homeless, and they're still making the world a much more beautiful place. But it's like they're leading, they're leaders in their own little community of musicians and all of that. And that's huge to even have the capacity that they can be in that zone of just empowering change. But doesn't it show you how music can create wonderful change for good? Doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and at very, very different levels, because one of the things that we do, uh, it's, it's very important for us to work with world-class artists. So uh, recently we worked from uh, baritone Roderick Williams, who's just amazing, to the, 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 the 16, which is one of Britain's most important classical choirs. And, and one of the things that, that always make me very proud is the feedback that they give us about not only were they maybe sharing their skills and their experience with our, our performers, but about how much they were learning from them. I, 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 I remember back in 2018, we, we put on an opera uh, called Tell Me the Truth About Love, which is, is, is based on the Britain song, and we were working with a mezzo-soprano, Anna Huntley. And after the performance, uh, after one of the performances, she was telling me, I've, during those four weeks that I've worked with them, I've learned so much from them, especially about how much of their heart they put into every single note that they sing, how much they don't limit themselves. Because sometimes as a professional musician, you don't really want to expose yourself too much because at the end of the day, this is your job and you need to do it every single day and you need to remain operational and, 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 and professional about it. So, yeah, we get incredible feedback from professional musicians about working with us because they incredibly, they, they do learn a lot from these people.
it just shows you how open-minded and tuned in they are, you know, that they're not there to be egotistical participants, but they're there really to give back from their success, which is equally a wonderful thing. And do you have any connections into other countries with your work? So you have the streetwiseopera.org as your home place online, but do you uh, connect in with other groups who say in America or Europe, maybe doing similar work? Well, one of the projects that was created as part of Street Voice Opera, uh, back then we called it With One Voice. And this became a movement where we reached out to people using not only opera, but any kind of arts to engage with people with experience of homelessness. And that ended up building up and growing so much that it became its own charity. So uh, I, in 2019, they became independent. And recently they rebranded as Arts and Homelessness International. So uh, we still work very closely with them. And basically what they're doing is bringing together people that are doing similar work and also doing a lot of lobbying with governments uh, at a national, regional and local uh, uh, scale to make sure that they understand it, that it's not just about allowing people who are homeless to do a bit of art. It's not about that. It's about the real empowerment. Uh, uh, we like to speak of the jigsaw of homeless support and how there are different pieces that will support the person who's been homeless. And, and there's a lot of that, 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 that governments can do to understand that the arts can also help empower and inspire them. So what, now you've described the whole situation surrounding homelessness, how art influences homelessness, but what, and about the perceptions and about judgment and criticism and the damage that's done and how that really what you're doing through all of this is that you're really giving these participants in this whole artistry a sense of a bigger world out there. Now, for people looking in on your work, what is the easiest or most best way that they can help you as a charity? I mean, they they can find out more about our work. They they can share our work with their contacts. If they're in a position, they can definitely make a donation. They can attend our performances. Or just to be very honest with you, they can, they, they can find out if there's someone doing similar work in their local communities and support them, or as simple as next time they see someone who's homeless on the street, they, they might just want to go and engage with them in a conversation. They don't even need to give them money. They, 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 they don't even need to go and buy food for them, which would be a beautiful thing to do, but just engage with them and, and rem remember that a lot of us can become homeless. And, and one of the things, that, that, that you crave when you're homeless is that human connection and that, 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 that idea that there are other people out there and they want to respect me as a human being. And if a musician listening to this podcast is inspired by your work and they'd love to do something similar, what can they do? Who can they contact for help or advice? Yeah, I mean, we're always open to conversations. We actually get a lot of emails like that uh, uh, about people who want to set up similar programs and, and, and we try to support them as much as we can. They can also get in touch with Arts and Homelessness International. Uh, they have a really useful search tool, 
with a little world map where they can they might be able to find a similar project next to them. They might be able to go and engage with them and see what they're doing. And 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 they also have a lot of tools online and a, and a lot of research about the effect. I think that's 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 been a very important thing for us at Streetwise. We've been doing this work. Uh, next year is, is, is going to be our 20th, 20th anniversary. And one of the things that we've been uh, we, we've done a lot is research and measuring impact and producing indicators that actually justify the work that we do for funders. So yeah, th there's a lot of that online too, because this, this is the kind of work that you can't do without funding, especially if you honestly believe that artistic excellence leads to social impact. And that is something that we believe in 100%. This isn't just about providing a bit of free singing. This is about bringing in world-class artists. And this is about showing them something that seems almost impossible to achieve. And then showing them how two or three months later, they have achieved it. And to do that kind of work, yes, obviously you need to be funded. Yeah, so people raising funds and all of that is really a useful, definitely, definitely useful help. And just to repeat, so people can find you at streetwiseopera.org. And Ray, this was a fantastic interview. It was great to have you on. We'd love to have you back in about a year's time, just to see what has happened since this podcast goes out and um, just to see what changes and impact you're having. You're really a musical change maker, really. That's what you are. You're a musical change maker. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I hope it, somebody who hears this podcast gets inspired to do something similar. Thanks. Thank you very much, Sylvia, for, for inviting us, for your interest in Streetwise Opera, and just generally for the work that you're doing, which clearly is aimed at making the world a, a better place through music, which is something that, that we absolutely believe in. Thanks. Yes.